Hi, and welcome to the Hope Center podcast. We really hope you are encouraged to listening to this message today. If you would like to know more about the Hope Center, please feel free to visit us on www.hopecenter.ie or drop us an email at info at hopecenter.ie. We have a friend of ours who's been here for quite a while, but hiding down the back all the time, called Bernie Riley. Oh, Riley, Riley, never got it right. Always mixed it up. But um, we've known Bernie a long time, too long to say, I'd say 20, 20 years? More than 20 years, more than 20 years. That's enough, isn't it? You don't need to know anymore. Um, and Bernie has a gift of teaching, and she has a gift of insight into what God says. So this morning she's going to come and she's going to share a scripture and share... Um, a teaching with us and a preaching about your identity. Isn't that right? So I'll give her a round of applause. She, uh, I just say something that she's coming up here and turning that microphone on. You don't sleep much just before you do things like this. And yeah, and I can really scare the living daylights out of you. So, um, yeah. So Tara's good though. Tara's good. But, um, so kind of say yes, amen, hallelujah, whatever. Get up and dance down the back if she's really encouraging her. You're, so just encourage her. Is that fair enough? Hello. Yeah. yeah. Asher, look, she, she was at all, what's it to be scared of? She's at all gorgeous. Um, I'm not going to waste a lot of time and stuff like that. I'm just going to kind of more or less get straight into it really. Um, cause there's no pressure, you know, cause I have this great insight and whatever else. <laughs> Um, the only thing that I will start off and say is that uh, I'm going to actually address this to God himself, to Jesus, that I actually completely and utterly adore him. And I adore him because I've spent over 20 years in relationship with him. And um, because I've come from a particular type of past, that relationship has come from I would imagine very similar to what you encounter when you go to kids in Belarus, because just because I was born in Ireland, but my first ever home was an orphanage anyway, was Golden Bridge. wasn't in it for very long, but long enough to give you an idea of they were the best circumstances, and as life went on, it just continuously gets worse, because, you know, that was life back then, in, and whenever family was bad, it was bad. Um, and circumstances were bad. So that when you actually grow up as a particular person, you become sort of like you will experience this in the job that you do. You become a series of defences, of protections, of, gosh, anger, like you couldn't believe, rage, hatred, all those things that the Bible talks about to get rid of. And, and it forms your personality and it forms your character and it forms... Um, everybody's opinion of you because that's what they encounter first. What nobody ever sees, though, is the little person that was born and is hidden in all of this. The person that you should have been if you had a a mother that wanted you and loved you, if you had a father that did what dads were supposed to do, which is do the taking care of you kind of thing. So this little person is kind of hidden away and all that, and nobody ever really gets to see that, and nobody really wants to know. 
And if anybody here knows what it's like to grow up poor, they'll know how actually people look at you and kind of despise you because of your poverty. And you actually see that in their faces. You don't understand it. You don't know why. You just know that that's what they do. They're despising you. And you don't even know to use that word despise because um, you don't know the word. You don't, it's just something that you feel. You just feel like you don't belong constantly. So when I first encountered Jesus in my life, I was actually 10 and I was in my class in school because I went to school in Drimna in Morn Road. And uh, I first encountered Jesus there. And it was just true. And I think it was through a catechism class. Do you remember they were called that? And, uh, and the teacher, I don't know, maybe she was part of the revival that was going on at that time because this would have been like in the early 70s because I was 10 at that time. And uh, she just said something about Jesus being your best friend. And I had what I would describe now as one of those epiphany moments. It was a moment where I was just surrounded by absolute light. And this person was saying, I want to be your best friend. And I adopted him as that, my very best friend at 10. And, and I can say from that point on, because I just took him, and I took him from a child's kind of perspective, do you know what I mean? Because now I have a friend. Now I have someone to talk to. Didn't see him or anything else. I just had somebody. And the influence that that had on me, I actually think, no, I don't actually think. I know and I believe without a doubt that it saved my life throughout my years. That he saved it. I mean, he literally saved it physically as well as mentally and emotionally. Because the person that I was becoming because of the circumstances that I was growing up in, because my house was predominantly an all-male house, so I was learning to behave and act more in a... And I'm not slagging off any men here, so please don't think that I am. But men in those situations, they're violent. And, they, they, you know, it's just how they are. It's not because of... For the same circumstances that I was born in, they were in places like Artane and, you know. So you just learn a way to behave and a way to live. That actually is very normal way to live in those houses. Because you do something terrible, you see something terrible and you get up the next day and you have your breakfast and you carry on if there's food in the house. But do you know what I mean? But when Jesus entered into my life at that time, things began to change in me. But I didn't really recognize or understand it at the time because I was just growing up. But I began to make different choices. I began to stop being a bully to people because I could actually see in their faces how afraid of me they were. Um, I began to see even and understand like the, the craziness and the madness that was going on in my house and it made a decision, I don't want to be like this. I don't want to be like them. And I don't want to be this crazy, angry, very violent person. Now, nothing happens overnight as it ever, never does. And again, I'm walking in a relationship with this Jesus that I don't really get as I do now. But he was my best friend, and he was my best friend in a very childish way. I mean, just as an example, a kind of silly little example. Remember, you know, because in the house in Drimley, you go out the back to go to the loo. And I was going out, and I'm like, now you can't come in with me, you've got to stay outside. <laughs> and then afterwards I thought, well, actually, you can come in with me, but you have to keep and not look at me. Do you know what I mean? And it was very simple and very whatever, and it was very much like that. But at night time, when it was the most terrifying was when he was the most present. Because that would be the times when I'd be most frightened. And, uh, and that would be the times when I would just call his name 
I would just call his name when I'd be in that terror moment and just keep repeating it, saying, Jesus, Jesus. Now, it wasn't until I got saved, and I didn't get saved until two days before my 29th birthday. At least that's my public display. I went to a, a Louis Palau kind of thing. And um, in that, <coughs> I don't really know. There was lots of things that they talk about. You know the way they do. And I was going forward anyway to give my life. Because trust me, this was actually the second time I'd actually done this. But this was just public. And the person I went along with said to me, now don't be afraid. It's fine. But I was so thrilled. And I didn't even know why I was thrilled. But the only thing that I said to her is, I'm okay actually because I think I'm just coming home. And that was, you know, that's, that's like an incredible moment for me. I'm just coming home. And then she started to talk to me about things like, you know, I love this person, I love that person, I love the other person, and I'm like, because I don't know what love is. I'm not getting it at all. And so I said it to her, and I said, so like, is that a kind of like a feeling or something that you're feeling, or is that, what is that? Is that something real? And I say, the poor girl was just completely taken aback with the question, because she didn't really... Certainly wasn't expecting that. So she tried to explain it to me. Anyway, time went on just a little bit. And I was, as I said, I was saved in 1992. But my very first experience of a healing of a memory came in June of 1992. And it never stopped. Because that's how God started to deal with me. And that's how, in that intimate relationship, that I forged a relationship with him, is in the... As David says, that you have to be honest, completely honest with him. That in him that you can't have secrets, you can't have hidden places, you can't have hidey holes. You just can't. Because if you want to have this incredible relationship with Jesus, it's the only way that you can do it. And I just want to kind of read out just this psalm, and it might be a little bit long, but it's kind of got two parts to it. Well, actually, it has three parts. But if you really listen to the words of the psalm, and when, when I say listen to the words, what I want you to try and take in is that when you're listening to the word, just remember that the words are Jesus himself. It's not a separation. It's not a book with black print on white pages. It's actually a living, breathing being. And as those words enter into you, that's him coming alive in you. Do you know what I mean? So there's no separation in it. So when I... So it's Psalm 18, if anybody wants to look at it. And I'm not going to read the whole lot. I've taken out parts, but anyway, here we go. And it starts with, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I am saved from my enemies. And this is kind of like, if you like, this next part would be description of how you actually feel inside yourself. And it doesn't matter that no one else sees this, because he certainly sees it. And if anybody, well, I know everybody has some kind of experience, some trauma, some tragedy. And this is how it feels. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. For his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. 
Now, when you're doing this from, say, from your heart, then what you have to listen is the next part because the next part is even better than that part. Because this part is your part, how honest you're being with him and straight to him. But this is his response to that. The earth trembled and quaked, and the foundations of the mountains shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils, consuming fire came from his mouth, burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down, dark clouds under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him. The dark rain clouds of the sky, out of the brightness of his presence, clouds advanced with hailstones and bolts of lightning. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemies. Great bolts of lightning routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed. The foundations of the earth lay bare. At your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of your breath, from your nostrils. And this is what I did, and this is what I learned from that. He reached down from on high, and he took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. And I have had that word loads of time, he delighted in me, and I looked that up, and delight means loads of things. If you get a thesaurus and get a word and have a look at it, that thesaurus will just explain that word so deeply. And for God to delight in you means that he's delighted in you, he has joy in you, he revels in you, he, you know, just look it up and, and see for yourself. But the thing of it is, is that what I decided to do, as I said in that beginning, I was going to, say, counselling for about three months from the September to December. And I began to read in the New Testament. Two things stood out to me very clearly. And the first thing is that every time Jesus spoke, he started off with, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. And those words washed over my mind like, because I'd come out of a really bad marriage, and trust me, I couldn't tell you night from day and day from night because... Of lies. And so those words washed and they freed up my mind in such a way that I could actually begin to listen and start to believe what Jesus is saying to me. And the other thing that I began to notice as well is that it says in it that the Holy Spirit will be your counselor and your advocate. Now, if you look at the word counselor that's in there, it's not like a counselor where you have a counsel corporation. Counselor is in as in a counselor one that will counsel me in the sad and tragic things of my life. So I made a deal with him. And this deal was implemented like more or less four years later. So trust me, it was never an overnight sensation. But I decided with him that I would allow him to be my counsellor. That I was not going to trust another single human being because I couldn't. Because I got myself into too much trouble by trusting people. Because I couldn't judge people properly. Because I always judged them out of the wrong places. Do you know what I mean? And that's nothing on them. That's just where I was at at the time. And for me to grow up and to have a proper life and to mature and to grow in the Lord, 
I needed to be mature and sensible and make wise decisions, which obviously I couldn't. So I made a deal with him that I would allow him, how big of me to do so, come really in and really heal my heart and mind. And the only thing that I said, because I have two daughters and they were little at the time, was is that I have to function while this is happening. Because I knew it was coming once I did this. And that I have to be able to get them to school and get them to breakfast and do all the normal things that you have to do. But also, I can't take it out on them because I didn't want to be like my mother with them. I wanted them to know that they were loved, that they were wanted. And I wanted to be the best mother that I could be. So that agreement was struck. And for a year, one whole year, I spent... Once the girls went off to school, I spent time with him and just completely opened up my heart with him. And the very first thing that he wanted me to do was to forgive, was to forgive all the people that were involved in everything. And I thought about it. Actually, no, that's not true. The first thing he wanted me to do was trust him. The second thing he wanted me to do was to forgive him or to forgive so I did. I made a decision to forgive. And then once you start to forgive, you just begin to sort of like open up like almost, I suppose, like a flower or like a rock or whatever, because everything starts to pour out. And then you start to kind of think, well, okay, for, say, for instance, I've been forgiven for being beaten. But the truth of that comes out. Everything that that did to you, every feeling that you ever had, every kind of hate, oh God, did you hate people? Did you want to kill? Oh my gosh, there were so many, there was people that I so wanted to kill and would have plotted it only for Jesus came into my life when I was 10. But the best part about it all, because I'm not going to go into all that story because there's not enough time for one thing. And every single day I did that. But every single day he was there. And he was teaching me about who he was. And a lot of the things that I did learn is that, one, we don't come into a relationship with God. And I know that might sound a little bit crazy, but just listen to what I'm going to say first. We can't come into a relationship with God simply because he's way too big. He's way too infinite for us to have a relationship with him. So his word, which is Jesus, is how we come into a relationship with him. And we get to know him because he's getting to know us, if you know what I mean. It's like you have to be with any relationship. And for any relationship to truly work, you have to be completely honest. And that's where the real honesty comes in. You have to be honest with the experiences. You have to be honest with the traumas. You have to be honest with how you feel. You have to be honest with how bitter you are. You have to be prepared to listen to Jesus tell you that you're full of pride that you're full of anger, that that hatred that you have in your heart towards that person is not okay. Look at how much malice there is there. You have to be honest with those things. You have to be honest with little secret things that you're not going to tell anybody, but you do have to be honest with him. And when I say have to, I would say you really are better off. Because the more honest you are with him, the more that you open up and tell him exactly what's going on with you, the more he reveals himself. And that's how you get to know the scriptures. That's how you get to know him. Because otherwise they're just a great big pile of confusing words. 
But when you begin to see that the words are not the words, the words are actually him. They're his personality. They're his character. They're his grace. You, you know what I mean? You begin to know what grace is through experience. You begin to know what it is to be truly compassionate towards another person because you felt that compassion. And so as you grow in him, you begin to take on that family likeness, that family identity. And we all know what that identity is like because before I was saved, I was violent, angry, hard, and that was all the outside stuff. But that was my family resemblance because that's how our family related. Really sarcastic. My goodness, very sarcastic, horribly sarcastic. But that was the family. That's how we related to one another. We still do. Well, they do. But I came over here in that repentance time where my life changed. And I came from being Bernie O'Reilly, who belonged to Brendan and Teresa, who has six brothers and whatever, and lived in those circumstances, to slowly, as time went on, becoming his kid. Because that's who I am now. I belong to God because he saved me. But I also belong to him because he's changing me. He changed me and he's changing me. And every single day he is conforming me into that image of Christ. And that image of Christ is not complicated. It's actually very simply put to us. It means that if I give up the anger, then I'm given something else in its place, which is it's his character. And the place where all that comes alive is, is that when you go to his cross, where you go to the place of forgiveness, where you go to the place of grace and mercy and compassion and kindness. And for me, the biggest thing that I experienced with God was his tenderness, the absolute overwhelming, gentle, nothing can compare to a tenderness that I felt every single day in his presence. And I think that over the years that with that compliance with him, I've learned to take on that character. That character is beginning to fill who I am as a person. And so my identity is becoming new because all things are made new in him. And every single circumstances in my life that the devil meant to destroy me, God meant to bring healing, life, and salvation to me. And that's exactly what he's done. And that's exactly what he does with every single one of us. And so when we come into relationship with him, we kind of get to know him kind of at the beginning as the man, God. And then as we grow in it, you begin to understand that there's a father there as well. That there's a father there who was so enamored. Because he says it in his word. Because he says it to you. I've chosen you. I've called you by name. You are precious in my sight. And I love you. That's why I'm called. For no other reason. It isn't to stand here and be great. Or it isn't to stand here and be crap. It's just simply because he did that. And did he do that because I deserved it? No. Did he do it because I didn't deserve it? No, he didn't. He did it because he chose me. And I had nothing to do with it at all. Same as any gift that's given. I got a gift off and there about a week ago. And I was like, oh, lovely. Do you know what I mean? And I was. And I went home and I opened it and I was like, I, I, I was so chuffed with it because it was a scripture on a thing. And in that, reading that, one, the scripture was very perfect for me at the time. But two was, is that I knew that Anne knew me. 
She knows who I am and she knows what I'd like because we spend time together. But I also knew that that was a gift that was given to me that had nothing to do with me. It's one I never asked for, one I didn't think was coming my way, but it was because she decided to do that. Forgive me for calling you she. And that's how Father is with us. That's how he relates to us. Because Jesus died on the cross, and we all know that. He died on the cross so that we can be that cross. That's the amazing thing, so that we can get that new life. And that new life is the exchange. Everything that's in us that is of this world is poured out onto him. But everything that is on him is poured into us. And you have to have an intimate time with him to experience that every single day. And then when you begin to do that, you begin to realize that the scriptures, they're not words, they are actually him coming alive in you. And you are actually getting to know a person. And then you go on beyond that and you're getting to know the Father God and you're getting to know him as a person. Because, you see, the Bible says in its doctrines that we are being reconciled to God the Father. But that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? That he would actually sacrifice Jesus so that we could have that peace with God. And that peace with God is we no longer have a problem with him. There's no longer a war. Peace has been declared between us, and not just that, but now we have a father who wants to be a father to us, like he's a father to Jesus. Gosh, and I don't really know how to express that so much or how much that thrills me, So you know what I mean? Because I'm coming from the place of being abandoned and not wanting to the place of being wanted, but not just by people, but by him. And if there's one thing that I really want to get across to you is don't need people, but need Jesus. Need the Father. Need the Holy Spirit. And allow him to do everything that needs, needs to be done in you. And every longing, every desire, every awful thing that you keep secret because you feel ashamed of it. Even the shame. Just give it all to him. Let it go. That's what the cross is about. And give it to him. Because as I say, that exchange comes. And that relationship will come. And that knowledge of who he is becomes a part of who you are. And then it won't matter circumstances. Circumstances are like, and I know this is probably going to sound crazy, but they're the greatest gift. Because the circumstances are the thing that expose us. You know what I mean? Which is great. And, I, I'm, not, and I'm going to say to you, run away from nothing that's going on inside of you. None of it. Because it really is the thing that's going to change your life. It really is the thing that's going to bring that power of Christ into your life. And if we're in that, we begin to join the unity of that trinity. We become a very part of that because now I'm his daughter as well as Jesus being his son and he is my father and the Holy Spirit is now my protector. He's my defender. He's my counselor. Do you know what I mean? And now I'm part of this. And so because of that, I can go out and be whatever Jesus wants me to be in the life of another person because I know him, because I believe in what he says. I don't know if I could lay hands on somebody and they get up and walk from a wheelchair, but I do know that I can sit with somebody whose heart is broken and really tell them, Jesus loves you, and know it, know it, know it for a fact. Because you can't shake my faith in that. can't shake my faith where God, that God loves me. 
Unless the other aspect of it as well is because that once you get to know the Trinity, then you know God. Then you're in a relationship. And see, in this church is hoping at some point that people are going to come in. But people can't, and I don't believe that God will allow people to come in until we're strong in him. And the strength comes through relationship. And relationship comes through absolute, total honesty from both sides. Everything given, nothing kept. And then I believe that that, what happens then is that because we're all part of his unity, we become unified. And we become one with him and he, because he is now one with us. And so that we can follow where Brian wants to lead us and where Anne wants to lead us. Because they're, because they're being, doing what God is asking them to do and we're going along with them. And then there's no one of that real squabbling. There's no ego involved in it because it's got nothing to do with us. It's all about him. And we've got that strength. We've got that knowledge. We, because we are now comforters. We are now conquerors. We are now overcomers. Anybody else got anything else to say? We are now people who know the truth. We are people who have faith. We are people who have hope. Because all of that comes through Jesus. Jesus is our rock. The Father is what everything a Father is and more. And the Holy Spirit is the one that wraps it all and brings it all together. And the only thing that I can say for us is, because I'm, I'm going to finish it now, because I'll only end up waffling. Trust the Lord your God with all your heart. All your heart. And don't lean on any of your own understanding. Trust him first. Trust him second. Trust him third. And if he wants to bring someone into your life that will speak his words into your life, then let him bring the person. You don't go looking for them. Look for him and he will answer you. And this is how I'm just going to finish it up because this is the place where I believe that the Lord has brought me to. And I still have a journey to go. But here is where I believe he's brought me to at this stage. Lord, You have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. And it's only a child can say that. It's only a daughter of of the king that can say that. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the grave. Nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made me known. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Amen. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to today's message. 
We really hope that you are encouraged and inspired to go and live a life full of adventure and excitement and destiny. One that you were created to live from the very beginning of time. Thank you.